spoiler alert. Oh, this is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? This week on No Fucking ZD, we're talking about taking a trip down to the racetrack, Spicy Chicken, and John Favreau. If I'm such a good friend, how come I never see ya? It's an all-new episode of No Fucking ZD. Welcome to No Fucking ZD, uh, episode fifty nine. <laughs> um, talking talking a little in Camelot today. If you ain't, ain't being born, you're busy dying. <laughs> like this podcast. Uh, on a very hot day in New York, we went right from uh, cold, rainy weather to the uh, the dog days, as we were saying. Yes, we, we the, were... Dog, the dog days of mm-hmm. ZD. Um, so you know. Maybe not the most memorable episode of season five. It's definitely the creepiest. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, I like how we're singling out Fran as being scary when like the rest of these guys are doing what they're doing all the that, time. That's very true. It's actually kind of <laughs> yes. awful. Um, a misguided woman and a bunch of sociopaths. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you be the judge. There's some, yeah, I guess they're all pretty bad people. I, I kind of forgot how, how quickly... The uh the J T Dolan stuff becomes violent, <laughs> but it gets Dude, very violent. Very I'm so fast. happy that we're gonna see. We get a couple of characters uh, returning very soon. Yeah, uh, we got J T Dolan. We're yep. gonna get some more. Uh, 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 what's her name? Bob and Sierra, Pussy's wife. Uh, yeah, she'll be back soonish, right? She'll be back in the next episode. Oh, okay. Oh, and right, then and right. we're gonna get some Hesh soon, also. Well, we had Hesh in this episode too. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in this podcast, right? Right. Now. <laughs> right. He's gonna be on the podcast. I'm on top of what I'm doing. <laughs> I think if we say it enough and have people just tweet it out enough that Hesh is gonna be here Sunday at 1 p.m., we could probably get him to show up eventually, right? I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> as long as it, that's what that's the new world we're in. If you tweet it, it must be true. So, um, yeah, we have know. some. There's some people out there who think that that's the case yeah i did like that we got a message from a twitter follower this week that su- suggested we should get a guest like david chase, <laughs> like, like david chase? Like, that would be ideal that would be very <laughs> ideal if we got the creator of the show to be on our show yeah so, I, I, yeah i'm sure he loves talking about it you oh know? I'm absolutely yeah 10 years later there's still mm-hmm. two weirdos talking about it by themselves in a dark room he's all about that it's dark by choice that's true that's true um so david chase will be here monday at 7 p.m uh <laughs> yeah. we're, we're very excited for that <laughs> yeah put it around um anyway so let's talk about someone we haven't seen in a couple episodes right uh uncle june one Corrado soprano yeah yeah one Corrado soprano that's right and uh he is well, he's getting older, for one. I guess yeah. everyone on the show is getting older in each scene that you see them in, if you think about it. Yeah, it's kind of... Uh, I mean, he's really losing his marbles, though. He is, yeah. And it's like above board losing his marbles. It's not like low-key forgetting a couple of things here and there. Right. I mean, he's he's been going through all this stuff, but now he's just like a crotchety old guy who knows there's something wrong with him, you know? Yeah. Um, feeling pretty, uh, pretty cooped up in his house, uh, farting into that same cushion all the time. My favorite line. And, uh, I mean, it's kind of like a, a great darkly comic plot line here that um, the only reprieve yeah. he really gets is going to funerals. It's like something out of Ghost World. Yeah. Like, I feel like I want a little illustration of him sitting at a funeral, like, through all his things. Like, the chicken's nice and spicy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> that line, it's just like, uh, but... That funeral in particular. It's, it's just very, very sad. Some seven-year-old child, and Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> a terrible uh, guy. he's trying to kind of ignore, 
I mean, I guess he's kind of ignoring the fact of how morbid it is and just really kind of enjoying his time out of the house. You can't really blame him. <laughs> no, no, of course not. Um, and, and if that's all you got, it's all you got. Yeah. It starts with uh, Uncle... He had some crazy-ass name. Well, it starts with... Uh, uh, there's Uncle Zio dies... After a- yes. Aunt Nucci? Oh, boy, I forget now, actually. <laughs> I feel like I'm just like assuming everybody's name is Nucci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's Nucci. Everyone on the show is named Nucci. Um... Yeah, I forget her name, but she uh, they think it was a heart attack. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone's sad to be there except for Uncle June. Because yeah. he, he gets some fresh air. You yeah, know? totally. Um, have, I've, we've heard of, at least heard of Uncle Zio before, I think. Yeah, uh, 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 Tony Uncle Al mentions him. Uh, okay, right. That's, that's I just remember something about Uncle Zio, you know. Yeah, yeah. What's with those glasses that have one sunny glass? Uh. I'm, like he's wearing. He's got a cataract, maybe, or something. I those don't know. Are cool. I'm going to start wearing those. You should. <laughs> those, <laughs> totally, those are super cool. You should have the, your whole outfit match it, too. Like, it's black <laughs> on one side and then clear on the other. It's all clear. <laughs> Just clear Good. clothes. Good. The future. Um, we uh, get a little uh, a brief cameo from Carmela, or a couple brief cameos from Carmela, but she's mostly sidelined for this episode after her big spotlight last week. Spotlight, of, uh, spotlight on her butt. Um, but yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, Uncle June is, uh, he's, yeah, he's definitely feeling his age. He's feeling, well, actually, I guess he really doesn't until the end. It's like most of the time it's kind of just like, you know, he's just happy to get that spicy chicken and get out in the sunshine. <laughs> Don't we all? Well, yeah. <laughs> I like a spicy chicken. <laughs> Me too. Love it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know. I mean, he doesn't really come to the, come to his. I guess I don't know. He he breaks down at the end there. Yeah, which, he's having some trouble. He's like very very lonely. And I was thinking about how much this must cost him every time he goes out to see someone because he has to get Mel uh, Mel Voin. I was going to say Melfi. <laughs> Melfi Voin. He has to get Melfi Voin uh, to <laughs> make a crossover character there to, to make a, a phone call to like a judge every time. What's that running four hundred? I mean, like, yeah, right. It's probably crazy. And like Mel Voin is like good at his job. And I love the detail that he has a rapper with him. Or I guess oh I assume God. he's a rapper. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, but that it seems like. Melvoin would totally be like that kind of attorney who who has dudes like that. Yeah, for sure. Someone um, in, t- in like some sort of trouble, you know, like a right, <laughs> right, music industry trouble. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm assuming every time Melvoin picks up the phone, even if it's like a second or thirty seconds, that's like, like I left my watch in there. Yeah, that's a billable hour, right? I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, <laughs> just I mean, that's how I do it. Um, so yeah, Junior, I guess he's just wasting his money here. Um, but you know, it's yeah. either that or hang out with Bobby all day, and playing checkers, playing checkers, and um, and uh, the old guy they sent home a couple episodes, and I guess we haven't seen in a while. No, now. he's not around after uh, after Junior escaped. Um, we don't see that guy for very much. I love these how days. everyone calls it escape. I never well, thought of him escaping. Right. Yeah. But then Bobby says it, and you just say that's it's because of him that Junior escaped. <laughs> like he's escaping. That was an escape. You well, know. I mean, he's technically under. He's 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 been arrested. I mean, he's technically under house arrest. I guess you're right. It's yeah. just It's just like thinking of him like kind of like sidle across a sidewalk in a bathrobe is like yeah. an escape. <laughs> And just avoiding that spotlight from the helicopters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so last time we saw him, though, he was, I, I mean, I kind of forgot about that. But really, the last time we saw him, he was just completely out of it and uh, yeah. trying to get a half and a half out in Newark, or I guess avoiding a half and <laughs> half. Trying to avoid a half yeah, and he's, half. He's trying to avoid it more than anything. I mean, I suppose now he's on medication and it's working sort of toward the beginning. Yeah. And that's what makes him want to be like more out and about because he's alert, maybe. Yeah. Maybe in the past, like his situation, he could kind of 
like not think about it because he was going a little stunad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And this medication maybe woke him up and he's like, ah, right. This sucks. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely going to like complicate things with him and Tony going forward for the next couple episodes until he shoots Tony. Cause now it, it, <laughs> you know, it's coming up. It feels like it's so far away, but that's actually pretty close now. God damn it. Um, it's almost over you guys. I know. Um, but, uh, that's going to kind of comp- complicate things because Tony, you know, now he's seeing him act perfectly normal. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, there's, there's something going on. Just no one wants to acknowledge it. Junior, junior doesn't want to acknowledge it. And, um, you know, he's not, um, maybe not getting the help he needs exactly. No, I mean, he's got that doctor though. So that's good. Yeah. But I mean, the mental health issues in this family are always kind of, it's, it's more often some sort of, uh, like shield that people can use than an actual condition, you know? Right. Um, and I suppose the end of the show, like you can interpret junior being totally wackadoo as much as you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. or any way you want, you can interpret it as, as much as you want also, but <laughs> <laughs> I meant in any way that you want. Um, but it's, I feel like it's a touchy subject with Tony because yeah. like it's been used to kind of sidestep responsibility a lot in the past. Right. Exactly. Um, Oh, speaking of which, actually, I have to say this. I watched the the Roger Stone documentary on Netflix. Oh, how is that? It's really good. It's totally wild. And we have some friends who worked on it, so they did a great job. Yep. But at one point, um, Roger Stone is like giving a tour of his house in Florida, and he said, Florida's great. It's a sunny place for shady people, (laughs) (laughs) which I I think is great. But um, he's like, I live here with like my dogs and my wife and my 91-year-old mother. Wow. And he's like, and he introduces her to the camera, and he's like, this woman is tough as nails. Like, if you ever seen the sopranos olivia soprano this is her right here and i was just sitting there and i was like that's not a compliment to anyone <laughs> she was a psychopath yeah, basically tries to have me killed regularly <laughs> oh boy oh boy she raised a hell of a kid olivia soprano right here oh my god i it's 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 a great i don't know if you call that a malapropism because he just doesn't get what's going on i, I who know I, I have to see that though yeah we, we did have some friends who worked on it we've heard some crazy stories for uh well yeah we'll do an nfz after dark episode later in the series yeah we'll, exactly we'll, we'll spill some stuff but it looks really great yeah yeah it's super cool um yeah uh junior is not so tough anymore these days that's for sure no oh and- yeah back to that i forgot almost <laughs> um and really i mean uh you know by the end of it you know he's he it really kind of hits him actually i guess what's happening and i don't know how much i want to talk about this too much right now because it's going to talk i'm going to kind of snowball it into my feelings about the ending and Uh my interpretation of that so you know all i'll say is that um it's it's (laughs) i know i don't even know how to really say the words of creed he's building his own prison well right Right. But, you know, a lot of life is kind of, I mean, we've we've been talking about it and I just I feel like I'm noticing it more and more in these episodes yeah, that yeah. so much of life is just kind of the the doldrums and that, uh you know, just the regularness of sitting in the same seat every single day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like this kind of fits into that theme of just looking for anything to kind of break up the monotony of life, you know? Right. Um, him getting out to go to these funerals is is this exciting thing for him because it just kind of breaks up the day to day. Um, that feeling of kind of being in a prison, but yeah. then you kind of realize what the truth of it is, and uh, it's it's quite sad for, for one. Well, for him in particular. For him in particular, but really, I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of it's. I mean, it's for everybody really because. You know, I'll I'll say this. I think one of the most important lines 
of the series finale is when Polly kind of messes up that phrase at Bobby's funeral and says something like, um, you know, in life we're surrounded by death or maybe it's the other way around. Um, yeah. Because I think that's kind of, I think this is actually sort of touching on a theme that, that a, a, a big theme of the show, which is just basically like we kind of do anything we can to sort of avoid the idea that, you know, everyone's going to end up in a funeral themselves someday. Totally. You know? And um, if the more you think about that, kind of the more you think about that, the crazier it's going to drive you. Mm-hmm. And Junior really starts to do that at the end. And he goes, he really spirals after that, after Uncle Zio's funeral into this, what's the point kind of, you know. Yeah. Well, and he doesn't really have any immediate family left. Right. Right. Um, and it's he's realizing what he's like been left with after all these decisions he's made. Yeah. And I think that's a bitter pill to swallow. Uh, it definitely is. But I mean, even for someone, I mean, even for anybody though, it's, it's kind of a bitter pill to swallow to kind of think about the fact that like, Oh, I'm going to also end up in the ground someday. There's yeah, really totally. no avoiding that whatsoever. So what well, exactly what I mean is, is the like point? The excitement in his life of the mafia is over. He has no more distractions. Right. You right, know? right. Yeah. So he's like coming back to that, like ground level sort of malaise that we all just live in all the time. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, that's, I guess that's as far as I really want to go with it right now, but it's it, all right. All right. It, I was just, well, I mean, it, it fits in with the other storylines of this episode though, it where it's a lot of, um, it's, there's just a lot of sadness in life and it's kind of hard to talk about. And when you do start to talk <laughs> yeah. about, it drives you insane. And when you start to have outbursts from it, people kind of shuffle you out of the room. Right. And no one else really wants to think about it, but there's this heavy truth hanging over everyone that no, we're all kind of, of ignoring. And we kind of use things like drugs and gambling and hookers and podcasts, um, yeah, and podcasts to kind of or television shows to kind of avoid it. No, I I completely agree. And like we're getting closer and closer to the Sopranos, like being the show about nothing that it's about. Yeah, you know there there are some statements that are going to be made. One wet one wet miner, <laughs> one Matt Weiner is on the uh, on the scene these days, and mm-hmm. so I feel like things getting more philosophical sort of makes sense. Right. In that regard, you know. Well, right. And uh, from what I understand, I think between seasons four and five was the longest break they ever took. Oh, really? Or maybe it might have been topped by between seasons five and six in the end. But from what I've heard, David Chase thought of the ending of the show, or at least the general ending of the show between seasons four and five. So I think that it's kind of intentional that we're going to start getting more of that theme ah, okay, coming cool. up more and more, you know, cause we're going to have like, like even next season, there's that episode, the ride, which is just kind of all about how things kind of get boring after a while. And then it's fun to kind of mix it up with like hijacking the Vipers and then right. getting on a, you know, or and then getting on a, a carnival ride at the end. It's like anything to kind of just forget about, Totally. The harsh, sad truths of life. Damn. Not to make this all really <laughs> the most depressing Monday morning commute ever for our podcast listeners, but you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to uh, happen. Yeah. It's just, it's a, you heard it here first. Right. It's a fact. Right. No other podcast will tell you that. No. That, yeah. that we know of. <laughs> Listen, but we're your friend. <laughs> our listeners are smart and we tell them the truth. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's just the truth. They can handle it, you know? Exactly. Um, so uh, let's, uh, I guess, like quickly move on to uh, how much time we got? What are we at? That's, uh, I see a number 4,000 on the screen right now. Um, you know, from from that funeral at the beginning, we kind of get we get introduced to this uh, this very creepy character who knew, um, I guess you could say, uh, knew Johnny Boy very well. And um, 
she's sitting at, at his grave when Tony goes to just go go visit uh visit Johnny Boy's grave and um we, you know this she's she's an interesting character <laughs> I'll say that uh, yeah uh, so she's uh she's a strange I, do you call her a spinster she's a spinster I guess so I I don't think she would think of herself that way but like this woman is like a fucking time warp you know like even in her apartment she's got the little like hole in the kitchen wall mm-hmm. so she can like entertain while she makes really dated appetizers. Yeah, like what was it? It was water like water chestnuts wrapped in bacon. <laughs> they, hey, Tony looked like he enjoyed them. I mean, that sounds good right now, but like you dip them in the duck sauce, you know, like yeah. it's very, very fifties. Yes. Um, yeah, we, uh, and we get some, some nice secrets about Hesh from her, but she's, she's a strange one because I think that she, she's like there to directly confront Tony's, um, nostalgia. You know mm, what I mean? Yep, definitely. And he's kind of realizing that like, I think in a positive way, actually, for once, that he has to kind of like make his own story here. And right. that, like some of these like golden age decisions that people made weren't necessarily the best decisions. Right. Um, but yeah, so she's going there to visit John Boy's uh, grave. Do you think that she planned it? That way, I don't know. The, the whole timing is awfully coincidental with the sale of the the Chickamauga Raceway. That's true, and I guess she could have huh? just. I huh? mean, uh, well, I, I got one. <laughs> I mean, it's you have to kind of think about it. Like the whole time I'm watching, it is kind of like, is she trying to scam Tony out of money? I mean, you know, does she have an agenda? Right. Uh, it's hard to say. You know, I mean, the day when he happens to be at the at the at the yeah the funeral man yeah. I mean, I guess she would have had to have known. Um, we'll just keep calling her Nucci. <laughs> she would have had to have known Nucci's Gio's name. Uh, and she would have had to know that she had died. I mean, which is easy to do if you're like Junior sitting there reading the obituaries. I mean, which, you think she Googled it? Um, yeah, I think she was an early adopter of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do believe that. Way yeah. back. Way back when. Um, yeah, I can't tell. I don't know. I mean, probably. There's probably some element of of uh of trying to get some of of a, of a scam i guess we'll say I think she hangs out there every day just waiting for someone to show up that's that's yeah at johnny boy's grave specifically yeah. <laughs> or just goes from grave to grave <laughs> that's entirely possible Jeez, yeah um she she's a weird one but like they get to talk in and one. they hang out and yeah. like she seems nice at the beginning yeah yeah i mean yeah Totally. You know, she was, she was, the, she was kind of like the cool one, you know, Livia was the one that made Tony miserable and, and, you know, allegedly made Johnny miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she, you know, she was someone that made his dad happy and it's kind of exciting to, you know, get the secret about your parents. Um, yeah. And, and also he kind of hates his mom a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But he realizes that like, there's a limit to what he's willing to hear, you know? And she slowly starts to cross that line with the comments about Livia Yep. you know and and i think that he just i mean it's it's strange thinking about tony judging someone's character but that's like essentially what happens here yeah it's so rare that he'll do that though when it's not like you know coach hauser you know yeah yeah i guess so i guess so so he's you know he, he's kind of interested in the whole thing and it's part of this golden age like at jfk and like all that stuff you know yeah this all of this is right up his alley you know like yep. he's always like you know when he says outside it's 1955 in here it's 1999 Th- this woman is living in 1955 yeah for like sure 100 yeah um and and she's a connection with a part of the past that he's he wasn't necessarily putting together the way 
that he, well, he wasn't necessarily putting it together in such an incriminating sort of way for John Boy. You know, like he winds up having some sympathy, sympathy for his mother because he starts to realize who this woman is and that she was like actually right on the other side of the line. Yeah. A good amount of the time. Right. Um, at least in these certain times uh, that he that he remembers specifically. But they're, you know, they seem to be kind of a big deal for him. Right. Um, and it's just it's it's very interesting because he gets this sort of other perspective and that helps to kind of expand his judgment of his father and like and and also his mother, you know, because yeah. like the way that he's been looking back at things is that like, you know, she kept him from moving to Nevada and getting really rich and going straight and all that stuff. True. true. And and these very one sided memories, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought there were more flashbacks in this episode aside from just the one of of Livia having the mis- miscarriage and being in the hospital. But no, that's um, it, isn't it? That is the only one. Yeah, but that is. I mean, I like that one a lot just because it really just kind of turns everything. I mean, like you're saying, yeah, even for us, it turns everything on its head that we yeah. thought we knew about about Livia. You know, she, the way Tony's presented it to Melfi the entire time is that she was just this miserable narcissist who was ruining everyone's life, and that's partly true. But yeah. it must have been pretty tough to be Johnny Boy Soprano's wife. Yeah, no doubt. You know, no doubt about it. Um, I, I just can't imagine your both your husband and your son covering for your husband's lie like that together, and just how trapped brutal. she must have been too. You know? Oh yeah, it's totally brutal. And yeah. uh, I mean, Tony's also kind of it, it, this is it, it, this is interesting timing because. Tony is in this place where he's doing something really for himself and mm-hmm. he hasn't been a great husband. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of this sort of like, like kicks open the log jam, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because, or how do you say that? Gets rid of the log jam, whatever. <laughs> I feel like kicking open a log jam right. is like kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Um, but it gets the log, it breaks the log jam and in his sort of like, cause he's, he's about to start coming around to getting Carmela back. You know, right. They're sort of going to start courting again very, very soon. Right. And I think that one of the things he sees is, I mean, between Junior and Fran Feldstein, he does not want to end up alone. Like, that's for damn sure. That's a good point, too. I didn't really think about that. Oh, all right. I got one. Um, That's But that's a really good point. But the two of them are both these old, miserable old people. Junior's miserable for one reason, and Fran Feldstein is like, you know, uh, not I wouldn't give I wouldn't use the word miserable, but she like can't pay her phone bill. I know, God, and she just doesn't. Her life is just not together, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. And then she ultimately chooses not to pay the phone bill, which then I guess going back to the whole scam thing just sort of makes me think that maybe it was, or you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. She doesn't pay her phone bill, and she buys like like four hundred dollars shoes. Uh, they were on sale for six hundred, <laughs> or what no? Was it fuck? was it shoes? It was shoes. Yeah, yeah it, was shoes. it was shoes. Right. And it's interesting because uh, Tony B, you know, had the same sort of thing going with shoes. True. Oh know? yes, very true. Yeah. yeah. Um, they all know how to spend their money well. <laughs> That's I for guess sure. so. Like I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that buying six eight hundred dollar shoes is like not the way to get it going. No, definitely you know what not. I mean? uh, you know, we forgot to actually mention. Speaking of Junior, he has this story about suffering in silence, being in love with Fran Feldstein. Oh yeah, that's totally <laughs> true. And he like he he thinks that she had no idea. Yeah. Oh boy. But no. Well, right. But <laughs> he th- tells Tony that at least. But I think that we're also hearing this through the lens of two old people's brains who are like, yeah, they're wearing rose colored shades looking backwards. Right. And like, so Junior's like, I suffered in silence and she's like, oh, he was all over me all the time. Right. I feel like neither is true. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I could also see Junior 
you know, kind of talking to her the way he talked to that nurse, you know. Yeah, I'm going to take you to a discotheque. <laughs> it was just something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, like, the way that he flirts with women is, like, so unintimate and, like, right. strange and, like, it feels like a stranger talking to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess we pretty much have confirmation that it never worked <laughs> because he's totally alone. Yeah, totally. And, I yeah. mean, Hesh always got women. True, true. She calls him a whore master. She calls Hesh that? Yeah. She says he was a whore master. What does that mean? Does that mean he... It's not like a pimp. No, I guess not. Does but... it just mean you like whores? Yeah, probably. Who is? <laughs> he was the master of like and who is. He walked around and they just kind of followed like a Pied Piper type deal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, and I like that they they keep the detail that he was into black women. Yeah, was, uh, that's not his wife in the old black and white photo, right? It's just no, another girl he was he... just kind of dating. I guess they were both like that's not Johnny Boy's wife either. So who knows? No, I guess not. Right? Yeah, but yeah, they keep that detail going. Uh, that'll obviously come back in a, in a big way in a couple of years. Oh yeah. Um, good to see Hesh again. Definitely. I love Hesh. Yeah. He's taking like a three season break or something. I know. It's I know. Been a really long time. Yeah. Good old Jerry Adler, and uh, I do. I, I guess so. Speaking well, of, not, it hasn't been three seasons. He, I think we saw him last in uh, Christopher, the Columbus uh, episode. He's he's made a couple appearances this season though. Now just at least being there. I Jesus, don't, is that I don't true? Know. <laughs> I don't, maybe not actually shout it out yeah. shout it out listeners <laughs> no, we're gonna say definitively he's been yeah. in every episode this yeah, season yeah exactly um, I do like also just that I mean, I don't know. Now I'm just like harping on the Fran Feldstein scamming Tony or not thing, but she at least <laughs> knew to, uh, Tony gets very interested when he hears that. Oh wait, hold on a second. There was a piece for me in that deal, and I didn't get my money. And also, you know, also Phil Leotardo is causing some issues right now. Oh, that's true too. And this is a nice precursor because we get to know Phil Leotardo. This is like the thing we were talking about. This how these characters are sort of cascading in this season, mm-hmm. and it's really nice because we know he's in the woodwork. But, you know, in this episode, I mean, it, or in last episodes, we've gotten a little bit of a taste of what Phil's like, right. tasting <laughs> Phil. Um, and then, you know, as things move forward in this episode, we find out he's a total cheap ass. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, in the next episode, we're going to find out what it's like to be owed money by Phil Leotardo. Mm. And, uh, and uh, Angie, that's her name. Angie Bompitsero is oh, going to experience right. it. That uh, is next week. The yes. Shah of Iran. I love that. Yep. So I'm excited about the next episode. Right. <laughs> in, in Camelot is fine, but it's definitely the Christopher of the season. You know, it's but it's an, yeah. it's that important quiet before the storm where, you know, everybody right. learns a little something about themselves and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I think in a 13 episode season, episode seven is usually kind of the turn in a way. You know, yeah. a lot of the first, a lot of the arcs that were started in the first uh, couple episodes are kind of wrapped up for the most part, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. left open enough to kind of make way for the big finish. And um, yeah, starting next week is going to get really good. This week, well, no, actually, I still love this episode. This week is fine, <laughs> but it's just it's like being in a, it's like being in the fun house at the amusement park. Like, mm, yeah, you're like okay, yeah, let's go back to the cool shit. You yeah, know? Uh, yeah, true. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Well, Great we could- podcast question. <laughs> by the way, is what was I going to say a second ago? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, why don't we take a break? Okay. Yeah. We, we can talk more about Fran Feldstein yep. and uh, we should talk about Pippi. Yep. Uh, uh, Tippy. 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 Yes. Tippy Longstockings. Which, yeah. Well, we'll talk about the second half. That's That one's a bit of a stretch for me, but but we'll talk about that after. Okay. Fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be right back. This is No Fucking ZD. Or is it? 
No fucking ZD is brought to you by a three grand residual on a That's Life episode. Welcome back to No Fucking ZD. I oh, dude, it's the it's a dance music day here, it is. and it's a, it's actually like terrible timing in a way because it's like the hottest day of the year so far, and everyone <laughs> has like a really low energy level. I know, I know, it's draining. We're I like s- the heat though, but I yeah. love the heat, but like everybody's just really tired all the yeah, time. I know. Yeah, I mean, it does that to me at least. Big time, um, big time. Dude, we but- didn't mention the fact that Fran Feldstein is a Jew, mm. and you have a problem with that? I'm just no, no. So I did. <laughs> so I mentioned it. That's all. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine with it. It's great. Uh, beautiful culture. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's just interesting. He doesn't yeah. like John Boyd didn't have an Italian girlfriend. He had a Jewish girlfriend. That's true, I guess. But, you know, it could mean nothing. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, Tony's Tony's dating Valentina now who uh, he's he's says is some kind of Spanish. She says <laughs> she's, she's he says she's Latin, you know, from Spain, yeah. <laughs> which is wrong. Which, not right at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, she's, she was, uh, she was a Gumar. So, I mean, it's, it's a little different going outside the, going outside the, uh, loosen the rules a little bit. Yeah. The, uh, Italian tribe, I guess. You're not looking you for a mother. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Who well, knows? Yeah. Who really knows? Um, I, I did like the voiceover in the, in the throwback, uh, the, uh, the, the flashback, excuse me. No, they're throwbacks from now on. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the throwback sequence was amazing. Yep. Um, I liked how they had a voiceover from her. She said the lamb, chop, lamb chops are going to be overcooked or yep. something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, we should mention that's uh, that's Polly Bergen, who's a pretty famous actress. Um, oh. She's a Tony winner, I want to say. That seems like, right. Yeah. She's and got it, that like kind of sparkle yeah. to her. Yeah, yeah. Um. She, uh, I believe, was also in Cape Fear. Oh, the original one. Not, I love the original, not Cape the De Niro Fear. one, which I've, I've I've never seen the original one, so I don't know. Oh, I guess she I could, haven't either. Yeah, she could suck for all we know. Yeah. <laughs> was she the kid in Cape Fear? Uh, no, she would have been. Uh, I don't oh, know the fifties or yeah. So she would have been an adult, a uh, full grown human being, a real I suppose. Adult. Um, maybe on the outside. Yeah, but so this is a, a this is the the you know a kind of big cameo, I guess. You know, well, she was a celebrity for she's sure. She's tremendous. She is when she does the Marilyn Monroe thing. I think oh, I'm like God. gonna throw up, but she's also amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she is. It's uh, that is one of the that. How is that possible that that is the creepiest thing the Sopranos has ever done? <laughs> like that and, and that and the calling all cars dream are like the two scariest moments of the show. And, yeah, totally. and one of them is just a woman wearing a JFK hat, and it's. Really weird. Yeah, and do you? Th- I mean, do you think she's telling the truth about you know sucking JFA's cock <laughs> uh, and the whole cabinet? Uh, All you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna guess there's some truth to it, but that yeah. much like Junior's story and the that we talked about in the first half, it's probably kind of become something else over time. That's probably definitely true. You know, I would say. 
I mean, um, yeah, uh, but it seems true. I mean, and it, it I mean, it, do, it does play right into Tony's Tony's fantasies and his sentimentality and um, and all that. So who really knows? But I think I think it's true. I would say it's true. That's or, that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, something at least something happened, and I mean, JFK certainly didn't do a good job of hiding his uh his uh. He was a dog, if you will, and uh, he did not yeah. do a good job of hiding that. Well, he, so. he would not have done well in the tabloid age. Not at all. So, so no. my clouds would have gotten hacked, and he, oh my he, God, he would have been imagine? finished, you know, <laughs> of happening, President Kennedy. <laughs> good God, yeah. He would have been ruined. Totally. Uh, well, I guess he did get ruined in the end, but in a much different way, and... Not in a way he deserved. No, certainly <laughs> not at all. Uh, wow, we're just misstepping all day. I guess so. Dark day, real dark day. Um, just hot. Uh, I, but I, I do think it's true. I do think it's yeah. true. And uh, you know, anyway. So she, I mean, she was clearly she was good looking. I mean, the actress herself. But they they use her headshot in in the show. Um, right, 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 right. You know, she uh, she was a fox, if you will. Um, fox, yeah. She even has. I mean, her and Tony have a little bit of sexual chemistry in this episode. No, well, totally because like, yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, and that's I think the problem is that like, right. She is what Tony would normally go for in a Gumar. Yes. But he's like seeing the end result of being like what the Krishnas would call a sense enjoyer. (laughs) (laughs) Explain. Um, Like, you know, they're just vapid people who are like, you know, just like fucking and spending money and having fun and like... Mm -hmm. But her her sort of end of the road is is not so good. You know what I mean? And I think that... I mean, clear... Okay, so, so cutting to the chase... We've beaten it to death with Fran Feldstein. Right. Cutting cutting to the chase here, I think Tony sees two sides of his life between uh, his mother mm-hmm. or Carmela, and then his, his his then Fran Feldstein, who like represents the kind of you know, if not actually alone, then like mentally single. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being alone because you don't actually have the trust of your of your. Uh, you know your partner right stuff like that which yeah. johnny boy was even though he was married um and this is the beginning of a sort of slide back to uh carmella in fact i do believe he decides in this episode he's like i gotta get back with my wife this sucks like between junior mm. uh kind of like blowing his stack in the uh in the doctor's office mm. you know because he's upset that he has no one um i think between junior and and uh and uh fran feldstein <laughs> he uh he kind of decides, you know, because yeah. I never the, thought about it. Yeah. Well, at the end of the show, at the end of the episode, he's, you know, we're listening to that amazing Linkin Park song, which <laughs> I say that not sarcastically. I'm uh, no Linkin Park fan, but that's a fucking good tune. Yeah. Agreed. Top selling band of the 21st century. It's no joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, at the very end of the episode, he says, you know, he's, he's talking about, uh, about Fran and about Kennedy, you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And, uh, and he says, you know, for a minute there, you know, Jackie thought the marriage was over. And he's clearly like talking about Carmela. Right. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, he's decided maybe. to go back to her. That's my that's my story. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, they do they do uh, hook up in the pool next episode, so that's very possible. Um hooking up. Hooking up. I'm so excited to 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 see the return of Devin Pillsbury next yep. week also. She'll be back. Um I'm excited to see Artie waking up the next morning. <laughs> I love that shot. Um, this is how I feel all day. Usually. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think there's a. I mean, there's a couple things going on. I mean, obviously at the beginning, you know, he thinks of her just as as the Gumar. I mean, I hate to say it, but as like, you know, the side chick or the yeah. whore, basically. And um, and sort I, of. But he also, 
I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think in Tony's worldview, there's like the mom who like, you know, raises the kids. Does the does, hard shit. Yeah. And then there's like the girlfriend. No, uh, but that's, I think that's, he has more respect for her than he should in ways. Yeah. He like respects her, her role in the family at the beginning of the episode, if you will. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but, he's, yeah, he, like yeah. he says this to, to Hesh, you know. You know, my father loved this woman and stuff like that, yeah. you know, and I think that he kind of holds her in high regard, at least toward the beginning. But then he's like, oh, wait, right. By the end, for like a number of reasons, he starts uh, he starts off associating her more with someone like, let's say, Valentina. And uh -huh. by the end, he's definitely full on associating with her with Livia. He starts to really freak out when she mentions that the meat is going to be overcooked. And I think something goes off in his oh, head. Good point. Um, and so I think like. I think in that scene at the Bing, there's like a few things going on. Like for one, it's uh, he's kind of struggling with that. But then the other thing about, I mean, we're skipping ahead a little bit. We'll come back and talk about Chris and JT in one second. But the other thing about that last scene, I also feel like really, I guess I've already kind of mentioned it, but like really plays into, um, you know, just this I idea that like it's ultimately the, the story with Fran ends and it's very sad. She's sad and alone. And it kind of makes Tony feel sad and alone, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. And what do you do? You know, like he's he can't really talk about that with his friends there. He can't talk about the sadness. And so like it kind of resorts back to, um, you know, the fun, exciting things like, oh, yeah, like, you know, she was JFK's girlfriend. And, you know, we're hanging out here at the strip club. And um, it's it's all kind of about ignoring sadness. It's like Junior asks, like he lives his whole life in a grave. What's the point? What is the point exactly? Just except all you can do really do is kind of sit around with people and just talk about like, hey, remember this? Remember that? It was so fun. Oh, look at this stripper up here. Oh, let's have another shot. Let's smoke a cigar. Yeah. And then that's it. So I just want to point that out. Um, Jesus. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about JT. Yeah, let's move on to other douchebags aside from myself <laughs> and talk about JT Dolan. JT is our favorite douchebag, though. He is. He's so fucking hilarious. He, he and Christopher are a great team. They are. Um. And he's the first of the sort of AA and NA uh, yeah. buddies that Chris is going to have. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, he's going to be <laughs> he's going to be hooked for life after after <laughs> yeah. this episode. He's never going to escape the mafia, and ultimately, it will it will be his demise. You yeah, know? true. Christopher, in particular, but I love JT uh, being in the program. I love the way he talks. <laughs> I like the way they shoot those scenes. Then he, you don't know who he is. Then he goes. My man Christopher over there, and Christopher <laughs> just gives the fist. He's like, "Yeah, like from behind, Ugh, you know." Like, yeah. and Chris is so into it. Um, it's it it's super funny, and I like that we're getting a little bit more of that side of Chris's life mm -hmm. because uh, I mean, we're being reminded, you know, what hard work he has dealing with this situation. True, and we're reminded um, of something that is like kind of still inextricably linked to his brutal lifestyle, mm -hmm. you know, and it's manifested itself as his addiction, but also, you know, now it's about to start affecting JT Dolan. Right. In a fucking crazy way. Yeah. And sort of, and then it's going to continue to affect him that way until Chris kills him. Right. Uh, eventually. Yeah. Uh, season six C. Right. My favorite. Yep. Um, the season, no one else has seen except for us. They yeah. gave us a special the screener. JT Dolan spinoff. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there you go. He's yeah. a TV writer. He's talking. He's hanging. They go to the fucking gym. You know, he wears a. He tucks his t-shirt. I love that gym scene. He tucks his t-shirt into his big sweat sweatpants. Yeah, goofy sweatpants. Very goofy sweatpants. Um, 
I'm not very strong, but he's not lifting very much, which I really like. <laughs> uh, but he's, sort of working, whatever. he's working very hard. Uh, and neither well, of them. How, how many times does he have to have to do that? Like when they shoot the scene, like a hundred. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess if he's doing a hundred reps, okay, that's no, a no. Lot. I mean the scene. You know what? I, yeah, okay, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, if the actor Tim Daly uh, of Wings fame, and I guess he was like close friends with David Chase. God, uh, we want to be close friends with both of them. Yeah, um, Tim Daly will be on the show next Tuesday night <laughs> at ten thirty p.m. Mountain so, time. Yep. Uh, yeah, neither of them realize just how dumb they're both being about this like gambling thing. Like, it's funny to me that they're in the bar talking about it's or, just a rush. Yeah, it's such a rush. It's it's kind of like you don't that doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> yeah, at all. exactly. <laughs> don't they know this kid likes his chemistry set a little uh, too much? Yeah, this kid likes his, his deck of cards a little too much. Yeah, yeah. And um, Christopher's kind of doing his own frog and the scorpion in this in this episode yeah totally you know he's learned from the bat i mean there's there's even a shot later on um i think when christopher finds out that that jt has been back and uh, has gone back into heroin yeah he sits down at the desk in the back of the crazy horse and, and puts his his, ha- his hand on his forehead and they cut right to tony doing the exact same position in melfi's office and oh, so yeah you know he's uh the weird thing is that Christopher's doing a great job this episode, you know? Yeah. He's, he's doing his best Tony. He's also staying off of heroin. Yeah, true. Or cocaine or whatever the fuck he's into. Right, yeah. Doing a little bit of weed here and there, though. A little bit of weed. Yeah, that's tough. Just to see if he could do it like a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone's a normal person. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's just in his nature, uh, he just he sees an opportunity, whether he subco- whether he consciously knows it or not. And I think it was just kind of thinking, oh, I can take advantage of JT. Yeah, and it really works. Yeah. It really, really works. And by basically, like, we're introduced to JT, who's, like, doing fine. Yeah. And he's up for, like, a big role. Or yep. not, I guess it's not well, a role. With yeah, kind of. With, with, with Dick Wolf. With Dick Wolf. Yeah. Of Law & Order fame. Mm-hmm. His limo's so long you can't even see the end. Like that, that's how I imagine Dick Wolf. Like, yeah. How rich, Jesus. Anyways, um, God, yeah. So he sees him, but he, and he's just really like unabashed about it. I think on some level he kind of thinks that JT like is on the level, but on the level that, how? where like he can take care of himself a little bit. Mm. You know, like I, 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 I don't know if Christopher envisions it getting this pear shaped this quickly for JT because it's one episode. I know, it's like unbelievable. He goes from him kind of riding high up for a bunch of stuff, and then boom, yeah, back into heroin with like just shit around him in his apartment. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, is Christopher that thick headed that he just? Uh, it's hard to say. I don't know. No, I suppose you're right. It's like. I think I'm giving him a little too much credit here. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Who knows? But I mean, he met him at rehab. Like, I know. how fucked up is that? And he's also disappointed in him when he finds out he's back on drugs. Right. That's the big irony of the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Or one of the one of the big ironies. Right. Right. There's so much. Yeah. Just um, bathe in the irony of all this. But he also, they're all, uh, every character on the show is just a devil on someone's shoulder, though. Because he also, he plays up that game. He tells him at the gym, hey, by the way, I'll take your action, you know, if you want to bet on the St. Louis Cardinals or whatever yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. You know, he, he entices him with uh, with David Lee Roth, I think. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, and David Lee Roth was at a game and he said, I used to write off condoms. <laughs> that's a fucking... I, I, and I, every time idea. I hear that, I'm trying to think about, like, how that's possible. Mm. There's just research. no way. It's just research. <laughs> That's what research, it is. research and development right exactly yeah. okay cool let's uh, do that uh, uh, uh so are we also to assume that jd has 
played poker for two days straight. Is that what it is? Or it's like, yeah, God, he's a gambling addict. Like yeah. it's just clear. He just has an addictive personality. He mm. can't, he can't stay away from that stuff. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, and you know, the, the funny thing about this, is it gives the writers a lot of, uh, meta commentary to do yeah, about that's just true. the industry in general, which I like. I like that uh, the pawn shop guy just won't take an Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> no one takes it seriously. Oh, that's a good point. I never realized that that was like sort of a burn. Yeah, they're all just, they, every probably everyone on the writing staff at that point had won an Emmy and they're, they're writing about how nobody fucking cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody cares. I love that. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but I think it's good. He's like an Academy Award, Oscar. Maybe I can Maybe. give you something. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Poor guys. Yeah. So some sad shit. <laughs> some again. sad shit. Again, but you know, there's another. If the, if those two can actually talk about, or I guess really it comes down to Christopher. If Christopher was if Christopher was able to talk about a lot of the sadness he was feeling in life, and and just kind of uh, or you know, um, the self induced kind of depression and anxiety. Right. Uh, he might have made it out of out of his rehab and drug use alive, but neither of them do. I guess uh, at this point, it's it's terrible. I mean. None of this stuff mixes, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, they just know, they just really know how to exploit each other. Yeah. And, uh, but JT's going to be a friend for life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm really happy. True. <laughs> I love having him in the mix, man. He's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He even smokes a cigarette funny when he's like all fucked up at the end. And, uh, and, uh, little Polly goes to see him. Which, Polly, little Polly has a great line there. Now I can't think of what it is. So why did I even bring it up? But he's, uh, he's hitting the vein, nodding out and shit. Yeah. But even when they go to his apartment, little Polly trying to act tough is just, is just funny to me. And, uh, yeah, he's not great at it. Yeah. I mean, if JT just knew how incompetent little Polly was, I feel like he would have just tried to attack first and run out and probably would have been fine. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but let's also not forget too, that, um, Christopher maybe kind of sees a few steps down the road here and thinks to himself that although he's swearing off Hollywood for now because of John Favreau, right, um, right. He, th- this is maybe his way back in. The shit he says about John Favreau is hilarious. It's just great. Yeah. Um, I mean, imagine not having ever seen this show and just hearing Christopher say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. but John Favreau was on it. No, I know, but I'm just like it just hearing oh, oh, hearing yeah, yeah. someone like that. Like these Hollywood people, John Favreau. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cocksucker. <laughs> funny. I wonder what the actor John Favreau thought of that. I bet he fucking loved that I'm shit. Sure. I'm it's, sure. It's hilarious. Like yeah. I would be so happy to be immortalized in the Sopranos having them call me what he calls them. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean JT will will come back. He will make a comeback. To in, be the uh, esteemed writer of of Cleaver. Cleaver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which you know we're only like a few uh eight episodes away from. We're we're approaching critical mass here. I know. I Everything's know. Everything's sort of falling into place. Some realizations are happening. Yep. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. looking down the barrel at the home stretch here. We are. Yeah. Um, I mean, even the yeah. I mean, really. I mean, you, you brought up Phil already, but that kind of really kind of sets the Tony Phil rival rivalry mm-hmm. for real in motion now. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember watching this the first time and just kind of thinking like Phil was some random guy that Tony just ran off the road and they kind of just threw in this action sequence to kind of break it up. Nope. Phil, he's uh, going to be part of the Tony Blundetto thing. Yeah. Everything like from here on in and everything, everything that Tony's doing here matters. All these little inconsequential things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do matter because uh, things aren't going to stay the same around there. No. In Soprano not land. at all. Not in New York and not in New Jersey. And yeah, and Phil already, you know. 
uh, 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 I mean, Phil lasts till basically the third to last scene of the show, mm-hmm. and really up until the end, just never takes the Jer- the Jersey crew seriously and doesn't really consider them an actual crew or an actual family, right? And that gets introduced here. Um, oh but, yeah, because they, we actually didn't talk about the sit down. Yeah, let's where he where Tony is basically patronized by he's condescended to by Phil right who says I'll do whatever I want like who the fuck are you right and uh and John Johnny Sack actually like kind of holds Phil back because because Tony tells Phil to go fuck himself right because I'm a fucking boss you know you'll give me what I what I say you're gonna give me and Tony's right you know he's a boss but when Phil went away he was like waxing someone's car probably and right um, exactly so it must be hard for Phil and Phil is never really going to respect Tony from the get-go but uh, he's going to get all kinds of reasons to hate him, basically, like, like real soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Really, really true. soon. Yeah, like two episodes, or next episode. Two episodes. Soon. Very Starting soon. very soon. Starting very soon, yeah. There's going to be a lot of events, and, and, and also, you know, the thing we don't realize now is that, uh, that Johnny Sack isn't always going to be there to help them work it out. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Johnny Sack sides with Tony. He does. He's certainly acting like a boss, although he hasn't really won the, uh, you know, the, the, the battle quite yet. Although, you know, he will because it's Little Carmine and that's not really a formidable foe. Well, that's interesting. It says something that Tony, well, I guess Phil is in John's crew or is under John, so he would never go to Carmine. But it just says something mm-hmm. that it seems like Tony sort of assumes that this is going to go in Johnny's direction. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, true. Isn't Tony going there and treating John like the boss, essentially kind of making him the boss? Seems like it. Yeah, but that's this is going to last for a little while, though, until the end of 6A. Yeah, again, I think it's John's jurisdiction because Phil is one of his guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, or at least Phil is loyal to John, you know what I mean? But I feel yeah. like it's, it's interesting because they're in this in-between phase, but I feel like it's also an, a sign of respect from, from Tony to to Johnny Sack. Right. And so he probably also likes that and that's probably why he's able to keep a lid on Phil as Tony will say. Right, right. Um, but great scene, great sit down, great uh, car chase. <laughs> um, yeah. Vintage Tony. That is episode, that is pilot Tony right there. Oh, I love it. And the way he fu- he's fucking yelling at Phil and Phil's eating like a snow cone or yeah. something. <laughs> Breaking his own rules, by the way. We're going to find out in season six that uh, fucking, you know, that there's no eating in the car. With Phil. Oh, oh, yeah. He mentions that to young Spadafor. Right. Uh, <laughs> God. But uh, he's breaking his own rules. He, he throws it out the window and tries to speed off. <laughs> it's like a Looney Tunes thing, you know? It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And How many times did he throw the snow cone out the window? You know, like, that's what I want to know in the making. What was the snow cone budget for this scene? Yeah, I know. And I love the, uh, I mean, the editing in that is great. When mm-hmm. we're in Tony's car, the Clash song is playing, and then yeah. they just kind of cut. It just makes it so much funnier when they cut to the chase, and you kind of realize what's going on. Well, and, and the music the music gone. back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's just great. Really, it's a really very, funny. Very very good scene. And he doesn't he slam into like a boar's head truck or something I like that. I believe he does. It's a lot of meat. Yep. Um, so last thing, you uh, we want to talk about Tippy just for one second. We we kind of skipped oh. skipped around a little bit. All, all all I'll say is that I have a very hard time believing that Tony had never heard the uh, we sent a dog upstate to the farm, you know, um, lie. I guess before. Yeah, you know, 
Yeah, that's what they and then and then Bobby mentions and he's like, "That's what they tell all the kids. That same farm must have like a hundred thousand dogs. Yeah, dog shit up to the rafters." Yeah, well, so, <laughs> all right, all right. I guess that last line makes the joke a little better. But before yeah. that, it's like, yeah, come on, you guys are better than that. Well, but but Tony is also too much of an idealist with this stuff. He like I feel like Tony being in his sort of condition with with that, the way he feels about animals, I feel like he would totally be like, "Yeah, but my parents like really did it." Right. The dog didn't die. Yeah, I guess so. You know? I guess um, so. But at least it got a good home, you know? It with, did. With Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> her son, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. Uh, that's true. That's true. But, you know, it's, um, you know, he finds out a lot. He finds out a lot about his parents in this episode. And uh, it's, not, yes. it's not everything he thought. And But then in the end, he ultimately rejects what he's learned and still goes back to thinking his dad was better and his mom was this awful person. And uh, so it doesn't really... He makes slight progress for one second and then immediately goes back to it i think it just makes him realize that he needs his wife back yeah yeah uh yeah. maybe that's um, the key to the symbiosis you know what i mean yeah uh very true we got any questions this week we got a couple questions Ugh. let me open my question machine <laughs> <laughs> specially made for us put the magic fingerprint on it um, our finger our our, uh, our question machine uses Magical fingerprint technology. <laughs> All right. Here is one from, we've gotten a question from him before, but uh, this is from at Z constant who wants to know if we have any advice for uh, a couple of jabronis who are starting their own podcast other than quitting the podcast. Yeah. Don't, don't start a podcast. <laughs> Just quit. Quit immediately. Um, Get a, that's it. You know, actually one thing that people don't realize is that we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Yeah. on search engine optimization. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's one of the hardest that's one of the hardest things, you know. It's like we don't even own our, our own microphones, but we're here uh, you know, optimizing Google for you. Yep. SE so, so SEOs. <laughs> that's really important. You, you got to get an SEO guy, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh yeah, we don't actually have that, but <laughs> um what would I mean, you know, uh obviously the mic is important. Have high production value. Yeah, I mean, have high production value. Start off, we don't do so much editing now cuz we've gotten kind of good at just talking and being okay we're, we're hilarious <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, we've, we've that's gone what from it is. being sort of shitty to like sort of good i guess um but editing helps at the beginning i would say um you like probably just edit yeah i mean what we yeah well we would talk we would go real long before and then cut it down which is um you know which was a little bit of work there's a lot of work yeah but it helps you know definitely uh you know and and i, I would just say just get it out there the big thing about podcasts is there's there's always next week it's not this you know you're not going to make just one and it's going to be some kind of masterpiece it's kind of yeah. the nice thing about a weekly yeah and it can sort, sort of, of develop show. like we added features as time mm -hmm. went on yep. you know yeah we're, uh, we're, we're doing the freemium model so <laughs> yep the whole thing is free except for the final episode yep. about Made in America, which will cost $100 yep. to listen to. <laughs> we think we're joking, but we're actually going to do that. Uh, yeah, just listen. Just do it. Don't be afraid to put it out there. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously choose the right subject, too. We both love the show, and that kind of made it work. I, I, I mean... Yeah, no one else has done the show, so... Yeah, yeah. Also, find a show that no one else has talked about. Did so. he say that he was going to do it about a TV show? Um, he does not say. No, Maybe it's so. about jabronis in general. Ah, yeah. yeah. It's called Couple of Jabronis. Yep. There you That's go. That's good. Ungoogleable though. No one knows how to spell jabroni. That's true. Yeah, I guess G I B or is it J A B? Um, he's spelling it J A B. Well, I think J A B R O 
N-I-S, I think makes sense. Jabronis. Uh, yeah, a Googleable name certainly helps. No fucking ZD for the most, I mean, I guess the first couple are going to be about AJ and the actual Sopranos, and then <laughs> we're like fine. a couple down, but still, it still yeah, works. We're supporters of the show. That's fine. Yes. Um, this one comes from the young Pope at New Don Fabes. Um, wow. Would the maligned Vito and Johnny Cake's story arc have been received better if it aired a few years later in a more progressive political climate? Ooh. Hmm. Ooh. I don't know. I'm sensing a Kucinich vote here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, I'm not so sure. I actually feel like it aired in 2006. There was gay marriage was legal in a couple states at that point. Yeah. I, I think that it was maligned more because it was like such a left turn, you know, and it was because yeah. they, I, while, while it's been in the background in one way or another, um, it will be when, well, it hasn't been in the background in a huge way, but it has in other ways. The point is that they came up with the idea to do this when they found out they had more episodes than they thought, right? Um, I guess so. Yeah, they decided to do a they season six str- B, and they were like, "Okay, so we have some extra episodes at the B- at the end of six A." Yeah, is that when it happens? I think so. Yeah, I so think that was part of it. They were like, "We have some extra episodes." Uh, what can we do? What can we explore? And I feel like I, I feel like it's something that they explored, and I I think it was controversial because uh, for a few reasons. I think one is because a lot of people don't feel like the actor held, you know, could carry it. Yep. Um, and he's not he's he's not the very finest actor in The Sopranos, but I I think he was very good. I like I, I like most of the stuff that he's in. I you know yeah. But it just becomes this thing that that's uh, it's just a very different. It's a very different kind of thing, you know? And also, he's the only character who gets better looking, you know? <laughs> Vito? Yeah. Yeah, true. Because he loses a bunch of weight. He, like, combs his hair. He gets these, like, fancy jackets and shit. And I think that that's also very unsopranos. He's the only person, essentially, who was, like, a- allowed to do that. Yeah. Well, I wonder if the actor just kind of did it because he knew he was going to have a bigger role. And then they were like, all right, let's write some of this in. Well, who, I, I feel don't know. like he would want to do it just for his health, you know? True. And it's like, hey, guys, I'm going to do this. You got you to gotta figure it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it was maligned. Yeah, partly because I mean, I like Joe Ganascoli too, but that's like that's a pretty heavy character arc to carry. Um, yeah, it's, it's really rough, you know. Because like, imagine if it was this is just a total random parallel universe thing, but imagine if it was Steve Buscemi instead. Yeah, what a different storyline that would be, you know. Um, it would be it, it would be different, but I think that it would. Yeah, it, I think it, you're right. Yeah, it, it's a tough thing to carry and make not kind of a little schlocky. Yeah. I also think that it was getting so close to the end and people knew it was getting close to the end and people started to get a little antsy because they were kind of like, what's going on here? Whereas yeah, it's like, like in Mad Men where he's off racing cars and shit. Yeah. The whole time I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, who like, cares about this? Why aren't you back to the office? Yeah. It's, uh, so I think that it's one of those things, you know, that... Uh, I wonder if, I wonder what someone who watched, who's, has, who's watched the show... You know, on just HBO Go or um or you know just on DVD or Blu-ray, right. what they think of it when they didn't have to wait week to week between episodes. When well, it and just... also when it's like 2016 or 2017. Mm. I mean, I I mean to be honest, I'm sure there were plenty of people who watched Sopranos who were just like, oh, what the fuck? I don't like those. You know, oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. and they can feel that way, but they're gonna feel that way walking down the street. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. But I don't know if that was like, I don't know if that accounts for for the backlash like from fans you know what i mean yeah because like fans of the show also aren't aren't like well are against murder but we're able to like enjoy that right and i don't think that 
And it's it's ironic that with some people, like someone being gay, will 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 ruffle more feathers than like brutal murder. I know. Yeah. You know. Well, there were really. This is the long conversation, I guess. But there were really there were two sets of fans of the show. There right. were there were the people who kind of enjoyed the the character studies and the um you know just the I mean just the writing in general, and then there were the people who kind of acted like tough guys by proxy through Tony. You right. know? They're the people who like post on 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 social media like quotes from tony and they're like super tough but like, really I'm a don yeah but they're just sitting in their living room like in basketball shorts you know but like hey that's really, what i do when i watch <laughs> well, the well, show. Me too, but, <laughs> but you know what i mean like they they're they just think like by watching the show like oh they're like in the fucking they're well, in the yeah, game well, they you also know? like the violence and stuff like that you know yeah, it's right. like they, they're into Sopranos and Xbox, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it was a mixture of maybe some of that, um, which is unfortunate. And then also just, it was getting so close to the end. I think people wanted to focus solely on Tony and what was going on there. And and then also, listen, I mean, they, they did stretch it a little bit, Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. I certainly felt like in that scene where he's, he has that uh, inner monologue and he's kind of He's just bored at work. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even I, I remember watching this and being like, all right, come on, let me, let's maybe wrap this up. And then I right. think they do in that episode, but still it was like, okay, you know, I want to get back to Tony and all that stuff going on back home. Yeah. We, we get that this stinks for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, this one comes from at Michael Dalbin thoughts on the theory that Polly killed Pyomai in season four because he wanted to get Tony and Ralphie to kill each other <laughs> interesting i've actually never heard that theory whoa shit uh i don't know the only thing that flies in the face of that is the fact that Polly saves the painting mm, true you know and yeah. i and i feel like it's it would be weird if you killed a horse to hang a picture of it in your house well, he's a weird guy even if yeah. you're Polly walnuts that's yeah well everything uh, yeah I, i'm not sure i agree with that the weird thing about fan theories is that they really require quite a bit of stuff that doesn't happen in the show for right. it to make sense. And the, you can kind the, of only use like the text at hand. To, yeah. You know, and the, but the one that does make sense is that Phil Leotardo is gay and I'm going to continue to say that <laughs> well, until the end of the show. We're going to be going through that. Um, last question. Favorite musical moment from the show. Oh, clearly the Rock the Casbah. That's like one of my favorite songs anyway. Yeah, yeah that's a good and one. I, and I really like seeing Phil crash his car. <laughs> okay. Also, I mean, the ending is great, though. It is. It is. That's vintage Sopranos. It is, yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, obviously Annie Lennox. I, and also the Eurythmics saved the day. Oh, not just this episode. Oh, no, no, no. From the show. From the oh, show. Oh, oh, Okay. I really love the music at the very end of the second to last episode. The yep. Calexico song. Oh, is that, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember. Or is that the Tinder sticks song? I forget. They don't play Tinder sticks on the second left step. Like, get the fuck out of here. I believe they do. It's Calexico. I think Calexico is at the end of, uh, wait, oh, yes, Calexico's you're right. God damn it. <laughs> it's at the end of, uh, when he's in the desert and, uh, screaming, yes. I get it. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Wa- God damn it, you're we, right. We watched that show live together, and you called that out as soon as you heard it. You're like, holy shit, this is the Calexico song. I remember oh, we did? that. Wow, yeah. that was uh, before I had only seen season like six onward. Yeah. <laughs> at that oh, yeah, point, yeah. I had no idea what anything was <laughs> was happening. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
I, I like coming up. I, I, I love the Glad Tidings Van Morrison song, and I like the way they use it in the show. And That's a great music, you cue. know. I like that it ends with Glad Tidings from New York, and just, you know, because they were here making the show, and that was just kind of to the audience at home. And uh, Yeah, that's actually a really good one. Yeah. Um, also, of course, the... Uh, <laughs> I forget who does it. One of the fucking R and the R the up in the club the R and B tune that Jason Bivlock was listening to when yep. Furio walks by. I don't know. There's a lot. Well, of, I mean, yeah, it's impossible for a show with such little music. There's a lot of good music in it. Yeah. Um. All right. That does That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got this week. Yeah. Um. I knew there were pussies. <laughs> as always. Follow us on Twitter. Yep. Subscribe on iTunes first, I guess, because that yep. that that certainly helps. Yep. Um, tell a friend. Scream it from the rooftops. Scream it in someone's yep. face. Stand up at a restaurant on top of your table and scream it to everyone in the restaurant. But pay right. the bill first and run out. Put it in your email signature. Put it in your email signature, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and there you go. Uh, we'll be back. CD next Nation. Week. CD Nation. We'll be back to talk about Marco Polo, which I think is one of the better episodes of the season. That's very good. And uh, until then. This is no fucking ZD signing off of AOL.com. <laughs>